With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Choice Galleries in Bellevue. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with guest hosts Fancy Frenchwood of Saki in Seattle, Tracy Klinkroth of Chick Chat Seattle, and Michael, our wine advocate. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Um, today we have an amazing lineup of guest hosts, starting with Dan and Sam of Pandora Cellars, talking on their new wines, Catherine of Tabby Cat Pickling, John from Merchant Devin, Scott um, and Scott from the owner of the Leary Traveler in Fremont, talking about his fabulous new space, food, and this upcoming event. So, um, the show will be broadcasting live for the first hour, and then there will be a podcast afterwards. So, if you're listening live, don't forget to check in and um, hear the last part of the show about an hour after the show goes off. Today's show is brought to you by Pandora Wines and Etcetera, the clothing line out of New York. On our show today, our wine sponsors, Pandora Cellars, are going to be introducing us to their new wines and our on-air tasting um, with the Soiree Aerators. Our first wine that we get the privilege of tasting is their Bellevue Blonde. Do you guys want to tell us about this? Sure. Uh, this is called Bellevue Blonde. It's a Marsan, which is kind of an unusual southern Rhone grape. It's usually um, blended with the Viognier and the Roussan from the Southern Rhone, and I kind of got lucky and got into a little block in a really nice vineyard and was able to source this fruit, and I've made it for three years now, and I'm digging it. I have a question for you. So um, what inspired you to go after that bridal? Um, my my former winemaker that I used to work with, um, he got it actually planted just for him so he could make a Southern he wanted to be one of the first in the state to be producing a Marsan Roussan uh, Viognier blend. And we had some trouble getting a, the vineyard established, and he actually pulled out from making that, that wine now. So I felt fortunate enough, and I said, I really like this wine because I made it before with him. And I'm like, let's do it. It's really fresh and clean, and um, it's smooth. It's really easy to go down. And, what, I mean, we've talked to you. We do the wine tastings every show. And I've never been a big advocate of white wines until this year. There's something with the development of the white wines that you, that you guys are doing here in Washington. It's fabulous. Love, love, love it. Yeah, I think that definitely the um, aromatic style, we call it, it's the unoaked, no malolactic fermentation that is produces a really clean, fresh wine. It's really coming back in vogue. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Washington State Riesling. I think it's the queen of white wines. And um, so I, I like to make mm-hmm. all my white wines in a very clean, crisp, very refreshing style. And I'm kind of, in the industry, we call it an acid head. And I really like tons of acid in my, my white wines. So that's what I, I go for. I pick my, my white wines usually before anybody else does. So when you pick them early, they have more acidity. 
And I do all stainless steel. I don't take them through um, the secondary fermentation, which makes the wine softer. I, d I try to avoid that. So that's the style I'm going for. So the name is Bellevue Blonde? Yes. And so um, LD just said it was smooth and easy. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like, you know, pointing fingers or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> Tell us about the name. Uh, the name is... It's kind of if people if people if you guys were to know me better you kind of understand my personality. I'm very potty humor and um, we like that. Yeah, so we are an adult to the show. Easy yeah, it's like <laughs> a really crowd. And um, I actually came up with a name. I was at Nordstrom's Rack. And I don't know if you guys ever have bought shoes there. Oh yes, you Most have definitely. to take one shoe up and, and stand there and stand in line. And I was like five people deep. And there was a Belvy blonde in the front of the oh lord in the front of the line, and she was talking on her cell phone, uh, bleached hair, super leathery tan, and I'm like, what a Belvy blonde, and I'm like, that's a really good name for a wine. <laughs> so that's kind of where I came up from it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. See, I was I was right on pretty much. Good. No, it's, it, it's yummy. So tell us a little bit about. I know I was privileged enough to show up for your grand launch and Thank opening you. and. It was over at Pleasant Hill, which I understand that you guys are sharing the facility. Yeah, we're co-op there with co-op um, there with, with Pleasant Hill with Larry and Love Larry and Berg. I know they're they're like my grandparents. They're oh, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys launched not one, not two, but six wines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about like what inspired you to get started and and you know the whole yeah. shebang? I, you when I walked in there and tasted all six of them, when you first go into a new wine, you have um, this expectation that you're not you're not picking it apart you're just like this is a new winery let's see what they have to bring but you blew me away thank you I you really, really did it. yeah i've been i i've been working really hard um to be able to produce wines like that um i've dedicated a lot of my life to producing great wines so i started out making wine with larry at pleasant hill i was a, his assistant winemaker for about four or five years and um i really wanted to educate myself so um i I took all my chemistry at um, Seattle Central. Um, I got all my prereqs done, and then I transferred to Washington State University. I got my degree in enology and viticulture over there. So I just graduated actually last year. And um, I met Dan about four years ago. He's my partner. And he kind of came up to me one day. He's like, oh, let's start a winery. I'm like, yeah, right, guy. You know how much work this takes. But he was dead serious. And so um, about three years ago, we started the concept of Pandora. And we were making wines. So, is this your full-time gig? Um, I also work at Trader Joe's part-time. <laughs> I, I think most people have to, particularly in the beginning, right? Because it's not yeah, it's it's a lot of capital. It's, yeah. Well, it's, it's, my my basic understanding with all the wines that we've worked with, and I know you've worked with a lot too, Tracy, is Washington wineries came into play about 90, I would say 90, 95% of them because they have a passion for wine, not because they're looking to make this huge profit. And, you know, of course, everybody who starts a company wants to make a profit, but for sure. the people in Washington who start wines and make these amazing wines, it's because they love it. Yeah. You know, they sleep it, they drink it, they drink it, they drink it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. You know, start a new business like that, uh, you have a lot of overhead. So you have rent. Usually you have land that you have to pay for, you're renting from, or what have you, or buying your grapes from. But there's a lot of overhead expense, and you can't. You have to turn that over as quick as you can. For uh, sure. For sure. <laughs> so how, how did it go? I mean, this is your first uh, vintage, is this correct? Or? Yes, it's the first vintage. We've, we've only been um, officially marketing these wines now for about a month and a half. 
And we had our first open house. Uh, I know, I'm LB so Canyon. excited. Thank you. <laughs> and it went really well. And now we're just trying to get out there and see what other markets we could find. Um, I got a tasting of Poco Wine Bar um, coming up on Wednesday the 25th. So that's going to be awesome. So. Very cool. Yeah. I, you know, and a lot of, I really do like this wine. It's uh, it's got a lot of minerality that comes through on For it, sure. uh, and uh, light citrus, uh, and lemon on that, like almost sure. like lemongrass, and you can, and it's low alcohol, which is I was really surprised. Yeah, like I said, I like to pick the grapes really early, take them completely dry with this one, and um, I think it, we put like we put like what was it, twelve three on the label? It's probably actually a little bit less. So well, that's nice because uh, it'll it'll pair wonderfully with uh, really spicy dishes because yeah. alcohol will intense the spice of the dish. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of ceviches uh, oh, like yeah. thing, uh, would just be, like, I do a spicy uh, shrimp ceviche that this would just be, just knock everyone out. So, I think with the food line over here at um, Black Bottle, yeah. I think your wine would fit in yeah. perfectly over there. Well, yeah. not only that, but I'm looking at uh, who's doing the pickling. Uh, oh, yes. Um, Tabby Cat Pickling, uh, oh, who is one of our guests uh, here. I'm buying those green beans right now. Pickled uh, green beans, I think, would be just the <laughs> vinegar. Green, yeah, we get pickled, to do pickled uh, tasting, beer right tasting, or should they malt that's beverage hard, tasting? Because that's a hard thing to do is to pair a wine with something with high in vinegar. And I think this wine would lend itself uh, really Very quite nice, nice to that, the pickled uh green beans and um and you had to try it what how do you think i just had the bean let me try the one <laughs> all right this is the winemaker trying this. i know i love this i think it works nice yeah. can you tell what are the six Catch wines one. that you have um i have a uh, it's called uh whip and feather dry riesling it's my other way i have the bellevue blonde um, I make a hundred. My 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 favorite wine. We have two kind of our higher end wines. Is uh, my hundred percent Cabernet Sauvignon, okay. and then I have a Connors blend, which is a very unusual Bordeaux blend. It's um, really high percentages of Malbec and Petit Verdot. It's forty percent Malbec, forty percent Petit Verdot, and twenty percent Cab, and that is more of the softy, smooth wine um, because of the Malbec. Um, then I, make, I have a Syrah. I have a cool climate Syrah. Um, once again, very low alcohol Syrah. It's only sitting at about 13.5% alcohol. How, what is the usual percentage of alcohol? In uh, I don't know. Well, Syrahs could get... A lot of winemakers pick very late on Syrah and they get up to 15, 16% alcohol. Okay. So it's definitely a different style. It's not going to overwhelm your palate. It's more of a food-friendly Syrah. And what else are how else are you planning to market your wine? Um, right now we're just we're we're doing things like this. We're um, we're going out to the Poco Wine Bar. We're I think we're gonna do the um, Gig Harbor Food and Wine Festival in August. Um, we have a event at Fred Hutchinson coming up. Dan's really trying to set up a lot of uh, pourings for us right now. I, I think we're gonna do another uh, spring uh, summer open house like the one we did again. Oh, wonderful! Um, we haven't set a firm date on that yet. We have to work it out with Pleasant Hill, but probably sometime in um, mid-August we're going to do another Let one. Let us know. Let us know. We'll yeah. put it on our websites and Facebook. And oh, yeah. Website. And we're looking at doing a live broadcast from out there, so maybe we could correlate it the same day. We uh, are. I think that's yes. going to work. Ooh. I am. <laughs> I mean, I need to, like, uh, plan two or three hours in advance. Yeah, you're going to need a passport to get out to Carnation. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Yeah. laughs> the ongoing joke. So, well, thank you so much for introducing us to Bellevue Blonde. I'm sure it's going to be a hit in this particular city. Yeah. Um, and pretty much with everybody else. It is a, it's a wonderful wine. And thank you so much. So Appreciate for having me. So excited to see you guys come out. This is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now on to our secret sponsor, who this week is Hyatt in Bellevue. 
Um, if you want to stay in Bellevue and be in the middle of everything, the Hyatt is the best place to be. So make sure to message us that you know the secret for this month's prizes, which does include a one-night stay at the Hyatt Bellevue. And anybody who's ever worked with the Hyatt knows how difficult it is to get. To get that. So kudos that, so to it is, It's not kudos to me. It's they, they were, I love Ralph. He was in a great mood. And, <laughs> and he, the thing, they do support a lot of local um, things that are going on, which is it's fabulous. I really, really like them over there. So. Thank well, you. That's, that is fun. That's kind of like a little staycation. It is. You a have little too staycation. much Bellevue blonde, and you need to, you know, stay in stay Bellevue. Some, stay in Bellevue. With the blonde. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just on it. She is on it tonight. Um, we'll be announcing how you can win a pair of tickets to the Saturday's Forbidden Fashion Show as well in just a few minutes. Yes, we will. Um, so on to next, the Socially Savvy News brought to you by Blast, the ultimate cocktail. Um, I guess what I'm, I get to talk first about, um, I did check out Tom Douglas's two new restaurants, um, Cuoco and Brave Horse Tavern. Have any of you been to either of those yet? Not yet. No. no. I'm really looking okay. to hear about it. Totally worth a, a check out there in, um, over in the South Lake Union area. Um, Cuoco is a kind of Italian handmade pasta restaurant, you know, white tablecloth and all, nice wine selection, really great pastas, very, you know, middle of the road, affordable. And then, um, because we didn't have enough to eat or drink, then we went upstairs afterwards and went to the Brave Horse Tavern, which is um, Tom Douglas's newest tavern right upstairs from Coco. I've heard about that place. Yeah, that was really I've heard fun. some good, some yeah, good things. Yeah, kind of like, you know, family-style, big, long tables, and they had darts and shuffleboards, and um, everything fun, fun. was awesome about it, except the Uh-oh. bar itself, like Uh-oh. the style, of, no, the style of the bar is, like, really pretty, and it's kind of slanted down so that when you lean on it, you know, it's more comfortable. Uh-huh. I saw five drinks, like, kick it, though, that night, because um, they put it on the edge, and shh, it goes. And I asked the bartender. She's like, yeah, every night. And I think a certain well, restaurant owner designed it, so. Well, they'll have to, <laughs> I, I guess that comes into educating your drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can educate drinkers where they're to drink. <laughs> but I would, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, I think Tom Douglas can pretty much do no wrong, so you should check out Cuoco and Brave Horse Tavern. Fabulous. Um, still no confirmation on the opening date for the new suite lounge in the Winterbourne building by the Hyatt in Bellevue, but we will keep you posted and updated as we find out new info. All right, and that takes us to our next uh, subject, uh, Friday, 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 May 20th at 5, o- five o'clock at night um, at, uh, oh, excuse me, 5 to- <laughs> okay, in the meantime, wow. Wow. make it down okay. to Choice Gallery tonight, right now, 823 Bellevue Way Northeast. We're here uh, live until 630, maybe even 7. Okay, so let's, uh, let me try that again. So uh, Friday, May 20th at 5 o'clock through May 22nd at 8, 8 p.m. It's going to be a grand opening uh, of the U.S. Art Alliance Seattle Studio and Showroom. Uh, it's located 419 South Occidental Avenue, Seattle, Washington. If you uh, love art, love talking about art, or just wanted to learn the just the collecting aspect of art, uh, the Art Alliance will be your guide. They're your therapy on how to collect, what to look for, your taste, uh, so you're just not randomly just uh, picking something out and then taking it home and got why did I buy this? Um, so a lot of education that goes on in that. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, cafe, uh, help me out with this. Oh yeah, that one was a tricky one. Cassiota? No, it looks like Caesar, Caesar. but Caesarza. Caesarza, yeah. Okay. Caesarza. Plans also open. 
uh, based on our base of Michael's Ashton. been drinking too wow. much today, so um, <laughs> you have to disregard what you're saying. I'm right just going to like, let we this one go. Blonde. Uh, yeah, we, it's okay. Why yes. Don't, why don't you go with that, LB? <laughs> Actually, I think we'll just move on. <laughs> So, okay, we're going to go ahead and give you the heads up. So if you are listening and waiting to find out about how to win tickets to the Forbidden Fashion Show, this is what you need to know. To be entered into the drawing for the pair of tickets for the Forbidden Fashion Show, and if you've never been, it is a fashion show on lingerie and underwear. And there are men involved if you're a lady, so some baba boom fun stuff. Men involved in men terms of men, men, men and models. women. Men oh, models. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And you can go and look at the Forbidden Fashion Show from last year and see what was walking down the runway and what it looked like. Um, all you need to do is message me, LB Duchess, the word Austin Martin. Austin Martin is the after party that is going to be happening, and you will be able to win tickets, two tickets to the 730 showing. Um, we will have one more drawing this week for two more tickets, but uh, to get your first shot of those tickets, anybody who's here today, we're going to go ahead and get your name on a card and put you in as an entry right off the bat automatically. But if you're listening to the show, uh, if you get it in before 9 p.m. on Tuesday night, you will be entered in the drawing for this one. So You awesome. had some really great goodies, LB. I'm trying. I love so I can say I can watch Lingerie models and hot lingerie models. models. Yeah. Do you get to take the car out for a spin? I don't think. I think I can take your picture. Oh, <laughs> I get to be the photographer for the Austin Martin party, so I will be taking your picture in the Austin Martin. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so next we're going to be interviewing with three of our um, special guests today. We are very fortunate to have Catherine of Tabby Cat Pickling, John from Merchant Devin, and Scott, of the owner of the Leary Traveler in Fremont, to come in. And they're going to be talking about their different um, businesses as well as they've come together and they're doing an event on Saturday that is featured as a socially savvy event this week. So... Um, Catherine, it is awesome to meet you. I know we've talked over email and stuff, and yeah. um, I'm really excited to hear about this pickling. This is cool. We we got to try one of them. It was yummy. Yeah. Well, I, and unfortunately, I don't have everything here at this time. Uh, some ginger garlic here. I would have loved to have brought you today. But I, we do have some pickled jalapenos and three of our relishes, which is one's a farm fresh zucchini relish, a savory roasted tomato relish that features capers, fresh basil, shallots. It's amazing. Um, and then some sweet onion red pepper relish. And they're all really versatile. They're super fun. And for many years, so we have known each other for a long time. And, um, of course, my background being in Belgian beers, which John from Merchant Devin represents some of the best in the world, it was kind of a natural thing for this event that's happening on May 21st as part of Seattle Beer Week. Uh-huh. And we really wanted to create something that was, you know, most of these Beer Week events, 10 days long, and there's a ton of them. You open up the Seattle Weekly, it looks like a bumper shoot guide. Um, <laughs> um, there's a million on every day. Um, a lot of our emails tend to We want to, um, you know, I was lucky enough to travel to Belgium and really get an amazing education in beer. And there's so many amazing beers out there. And I, I think a lot of women tend to be a little bit shy about embracing the world of beer. Um, so we wanted to give them something that was Exclusively for them, it's a ladies' night. Uh, Scott at the Traveler has Chef Ian, absolutely amazing with food. This is a place that you can go to in Fremont. It's it's a classy, nice place, but you can go in in your flannels and your cowboy boots, or you can go have a really nice date. It's one of those places where it doesn't matter fashion-wise what you wear. Um, you're welcome anytime, and the food is going to be out, out of this world. And so he's done some amazing things with 
the pickled goods with the beers. You know, Belgians typically cook and pair with beers. Um, so we've got 10 of them that we're going to be showcasing that night. Oh, wow. And the ladies can mingle for 25 bucks. They're going to try 10 different yeah. beers. And that's, that's a fun date. Yeah, and tons of amazing so food. So, And it's a benefit for Washington women in need. So, Tell us about Washington Women in Need is um, a wonderful nonprofit that provides funding for whether it's health care or uh, educational uh, needs for women, housing, just basically um, anything that, that, you know, women with children and even destitute women um, might need at that particular time in their lives. So we wanted to, you know, make sure that if we're going to focus on women for this event, that we really do something that, you know, to give back to our community. So. I was 12 years old, so this, <gasps> dad, serious, my dad, she, did, she, meant eight, she meant 18. No, well, I was raised in a Greek family, so, oh, you know, okay. they would sample you and say, here, try this. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to actually, I'm going out on a limb, and I'm really excited to try these beers that you guys have brought for us because, like I said, I haven't tried, and she was talking about, you know, focusing on beers that women could enjoy, and, and um I, I like the idea of the event because somebody like me who has just gone, um, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, probably your experience is more like Schlitz or ham <laughs> or something like that, maybe. I don't really know. Do well, you, And I'm not uh, well-versed in Greek. I think what, what needs to be focused on here is what Merchant Duvin can offer. Their, their book is incredible as far as what they have to offer, the style of beer that they have. And John's uh, working title for the longest time was Classic Beers for Classy Ladies, and we decided on that exactly because – the beer styles that Merchant Devin can can offer um, are classic old world style brewing styles, and um, it's not just the ciders, or not just the um, fruity uh, frambois type beers. Um, we have uh, some pale ales and some uh, excellent offerings from Sam Samuel, Sam Smith that um, really I think can help some of those who don't typically go for uh, beer um, look into some of what they might be missing. Yeah, that's why I'm excited today. John, can you tell us a little bit about some of the beers that you're going to be? Yeah, well, uh, people like to experience things that they're comfortable with or talk about. And so the whole idea behind this event was to not just do something that was like kind of aiming for, you know, like like Scott said, the, the fruity beers are kind of like, oh, these are stereotypical. Beers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll have those. But also we'll have uh, a Trappist beer from a small monastery over in Belgium, beer made by monks. That's ultimately the money, you know, West Mall Trappist Monastery. That money ultimately goes to charity as well. So we wanted to do kind of a wide range of things, but again, these being classic beer styles, uh, beer in Europe, uh, you know, keeping with your fashion theme today. Yeah, beer yeah. is the new wine. You know, that is mm -hmm. awesome. Brown may still be the new black. I don't know. Mm -hmm. or is something so we're in the sexy cutting it. We're in the sexy cutting edge of beer. Yes, with you guys. Exactly. Okay. Beer is very sexy. It's very food friendly. Um, there's uh, and there's so much going on both here domestically. I mean. The crapper movement in the United States and Washington in particular, Oregon, you know, where we live, we're blessed with uh, opportunities here to try new cutting-edge beers, things that are different. And also Merchant Devin was the, one of the original kind of parts of this whole movement. It was founded in 1978, a Seattle-based company, and has partnered with these 10 small breweries over in Europe. So it's a great opportunity to have fun, to learn a lot about where beers kind of come from and the different styles, because there's so many different styles. It's like saying you don't like wine. It's like God, there's so many kinds of wines out there. 
So exposure is what it's all about. So with the social, you know, with uh, socially savvy, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is trying to let our listeners know about about 65% of the events that we talk about have some kind of fundraiser behind them or some kind of charity. So for our listeners, what beers, like you were saying, some of them you know, go to the monks and stuff, what beers would um, fall into those categories where they are doing a lot to, they're not just out there to make a profit, they're there to support an organization? Well, the number one with that is there's a family of monastery beers from Belgium. They're called Trappist. Uh, they're Trappist monasteries, and there are only seven of these breweries. And Belgium is to beer what France is to wine. Uh, and even in Belgium, these seven breweries are really considered the holy grail, you know, of beer. Wow. Um, they brew. The breweries are based in in the monasteries themselves. They have three big rules. Uh, the brewery has to be in the monastery's walls. Uh, the monks make all the decisions. They control the business completely. And any monies they make above and beyond what they need to, you know, supply the brewery and all that go to charity. Uh, what you're finding a lot more here domestically, we don't represent any uh, American breweries, but breweries like... Uh, the cat used to work for uh, New Belgium, uh, Sierra Nevada, some of the big breweries, all the smaller breweries buying green energy, being more self self sufficient, uh, recycling. I mean, a lot of uh, brewers, most of the grain once it's used making beer here, it winds up feeding local animals. And a lot of what what he was referencing with the seven different Trappist breweries, those traditions and those brewing styles land right on your front porch. Um, we don't typically get to appreciate exactly what that is and. The brewing, well, the brewing culture certainly can, but for those who aren't introduced to it um, through that that door, can come down uh, on Saturday and, and taste it. And with Tabby Cat and what we're doing with that, uh, we've paid a lot of attention to what we're doing as far as the brewing style is and what Tabby Cat has produced um, as far as the pickling goes um, to really create a, a great pairing. And with the the watch the charity. Um, aspect as well. It's going to be a fun event. That's awesome. Well, while we talk to you about your The Leary Traveler, I believe that you have a beer tasting for us that we're going to do live. Yes. So yes, why don't we have you go pour that for us, and we'll talk to you about your your location. And I just want to mention this is brought to you by Sweet Talk Wipes. Just like our hands, our cell phones need to be regularly cleaned and detoxified. Order yours today at sweettalkwipes.com. And we are speaking with Scott, the owner of the Leary Traveler in Fremont. Tell us about this place. It sounds awesome. Uh, the Leary Traveler um, is spelt, um, if you have not seen our label or anything else, improperly from the correct spelling of Leary on Leary Way, Northwest Leary Way between Ballard and Fremont. We like to refer to ourselves as Freelard as opposed to Fremont or Ballard, but we don't care either you, per- you refer to. Okay, I like that. I, I graduated from Ballard, so I like the recognition. <laughs> there you go. So you, are, you don't have to get angry at Fremont. Um, we say Freelard. We are pretty much equidistant between Freelard and Ballard, um, right there near 8th and Leary. Uh, we opened about uh, three years ago. We'll make three years in August. We are a small local pub. Um, what I think appeals most to Mujer uh, Levin and um, Tabby Cat is that we really have a, a small, um, local, sexy, cool, fun place for everybody to come hang out at. Um, we don't do just the sports bar, we don't do just the food, we don't do just the cocktails, we don't do just the beer or just the wine. We do all sorts of stuff. And um, I think that our ability to kind of branch out and to do all those things well is, is what makes us the best. But um, we will take anyone who will have us, and we look forward to the 21st when the ladies come down for classic beers for classy ladies. What's your, what's your menu? Um, we call it upscale European-inspired pub food, and uh, we stand by it more than anything. We really have an excellent chef 
and Ian Welsh, um, and we've had other people who have contributed to it, but um, we pull off, I think, some of the better pub food day-to-day that you'll ever have. And we do have the the TVs on for the sports fans. We are a I'm a hometown sports fan. I grew up in Honolulu, and we didn't have a hometown sports team at all. So coming here, I like to have the game on, but I like to be in a place where I can eat good food and drink good beer and have good cocktails and have excellent wine like Pandora as well. It's um, it's something that is important to me, and in the opening of, of that establishment and the concept, that's what I was going for. I love it. Well, we're really excited. Um, and I'm not sure which one of us, but I'm pretty sure one of us is going to get down there to cover that event for you. So I'm really excited to hear back. And Well, I look forward to either one of you being there. And see how it all goes. Um, they wow. have. Okay, this is really interesting. I know. I have smelled it. This is wait. The wow. beer is Linda being Mendes poured Pembroke. out yeah, of something <laughs> similar to a wine bottle. So, okay, you you got me at the bottle. <laughs> oh, we'll have even worse than the then, beer. And then I smelled it. And you, again, you know, coming from a girl who's not a wine drinker because or beer drinker because at 12 she went, um, the smell of it just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It's really a dessert. Good. This is like, wow, I'm amazed. Population. Okay, so, ladies, think about this. Something sweet like this, the the, the That is not beer. No, that is not beer. Oh, but it is. It is not beer. I am going to argue this. This is not beer. Something like this with the sweet onion relish that uh, Tabby Cat has and oh. uh, maybe like a real creamy cheese that textures both the coarse carbonation in this beer, the sweetness, and the creamy cheese on the, and with the sweet onion. That's what we're going for. That's the sort of event we're going to have down there. This is this is the idea. Yeah, this is this can, this confuses people. It's funny. Lindemann's Frambois. This is a lambic beer. Comes from Belgium. It's one of the most old and exotic styles of beer making that we still have around. This beer, unlike most beers you're used to, doesn't have that typical very malty flavor to it because of the way it's fermented. The underlying beer itself, because it's blended with raspberries. Raspberries are used as a seasoning in this beer. It's not fermented from the raspberries. So unlike wine, which is fermented from grapes, cider, which is is uh, which is fermented from apple juice, this is actually a beer that's then been seasoned with raspberries as opposed to hops or oh, potatoes or squash or sorghum. Over the eight millennia that humankind has been brewing, Pretty much anything that you could make alcohol out of has been used. So this comes from Belgium. There are only a handful of these breweries left. It's just outside of Brussels in the Seine River Valley. And the big thing that's important about these beers is they're actually they are spontaneously or wild fermented. No yeast is actually introduced to the beer. It's just the critters and the bugs that live in the air in the brewery that cause the fermentation. So as a result of that, the underlying beer is extremely tart and really make you pucker. So you can blend a lot of fruit with it. So... How, how much more time does that take to ferment when you're using just uh, cellar or what, you know, yeast that comes from the the area? Well, the primary fermentation is about a week, about typical to a typical ale. But the beers that they use in this are aged up to at least two years because it's a very long, slow process. There's over 96 different processes that they've been able to figure out uh, that the beer undergoes. So it takes up to two years. They're always blended because batch to batch they taste differently, and they're blended because... Uh, they want to get different flavors out of the beers because young lambic beer is very different than old lambic beer. That's really interesting, uh, you know, because you know you're talking about wild yeast. I'm assuming uh, mm-hmm. you can get it on, on on grapes from the vineyard, but where does this this yeast come from? Does it come from the strawberries, the fruit that you put into the beer, or does it come from the hops that comes into the beer? The yeast actually comes from, uh, especially with the Lindemans family, this is the 200th year they've been brewing in the same room. It's just endemic. Uh, it's we're breathing yeast right now. 
There's yeah. yeast in the air here, yeah, and it's these particular strains that live in the valley. And, and proprietal as well, right? The the different monasteries have their different uh, yeasts they use specifically for their beers, and none other can use that, correct? Right, for those breweries. But for as far as the lambics are concerned, the lambics, it's it's a wild process. It's just, it literally is the room in which the beer, it lives, the you know. It's the Lady Gaga of beer. <laughs> <laughs> I know no you would be. There's some funking going on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I mean, you would be really super cool if you bring this to a party. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Oh, yeah. And, and is it, so the name? It's Lindemann's Frambois, which means raspberry. Yeah, which means raspberry. Okay. And this is the most popular Lambic beer here in the United States. Okay, I'm telling you right now, I want a bottle of that. And I okay. I, I have to <laughs> say, like beer. for people, who, I'm, I'm, I am absolutely dumbstruck because I have, I just, I, I actually, Fancy will attest to this too. I had um, tried sake the first time and, you know, did it the whole warm way and, uh, one thing that I really want to get our, across to our listeners is we've had the privilege of twi- trying great wines, um, now great beers, malt beverages, and ciders. And I think we're really in an era of um, exploration and of uniqueness and that your beer doesn't have to be a typical beer. Your wine doesn't have to be what you thought it was. None of the alcohol out there that you grew up as a kid thinking that there was a, a stigma or a certain it tasted a certain way and that was the only way it tasted. I really feel like now that's all gone out the window. Oh yeah. Well it's good to this is this is something traditional. We through billions of dollars of marketing since the Second World War have been taught in the United States that beer is one thing. It's a yellow right. yeah, exactly. flavorless beverage. The, the the little country of Belgium, there's about a hundred breweries. Any given time, there's about 400 different kinds of beer being brewed oh just in that country. LB, I'm so happy to hear you say what you just said about being reintroduced to this sort of thing. And it's not like it's been thrown out the window. This has been around for so long, it's incredible. It's just coming back. The window that we should be appreciating beer through is just coming back. And um, what literally this event is going to be about is the, the lineup we have is creating um, a ladder so that this sort of thing will help you rethink beer. And then the next side of it you have will help you rethink beer. And the other options of classic brewing styles that we have will help you rethink beer. And the pairings are going to be phenomenal as well. I'm really excited because, like I said, I think that we are in, in an evolution in our what we would consider our alcoholic beverages and our classifications and how we think of them are being completely reintroduced. And I'm very excited I got to experience Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we just say, again, 25 max, that's it. For, for what, 10? $25. You get 10, you sample 10 different amazing beers. We'll be doing it in a, in a what we've called a tasting station fashion, but we'll have a few breads and spreads with Kath, Tabby Cat's pickling um, fare, as well as something coming out of the Leary Traveler Kitchen, as well as the beers offered by Merchant Devine in a couple of different stations. And you can revisit and change it up as you'd like, um, repair as you'd like throughout the entire room, and it'll be a, 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 a great time. Oh, and awesome. don't forget the raffle as well. We'll have charitable <laughs> events, of course. Um, well, I believe we, uh, I believe that we featured the event on our Facebook. If I haven't, make sure that I have the link so that our listeners can click on it. And because I really feel like you know we have a, a few fun events on Saturday, but if you're into something casual and fun and you really want to re-explore beer, I definitely think that this is the yeah. event to go to. What's, it is. What's the URL? 
I do not have it written down on me. I apologize. It's at Brown Paper Tickets. If you type in the Leary Traveler or Merchant Duveen or Tabby Cat Pickling, it, it will come up. up. BrownPaperTickets.com. We'll put it on the chick chat. Wonderful. So it's a perfect kickoff if you uh, want to yeah. try Seattle Beer Week and you're not sure where to start and what to look for because you're going to get exposed to a lot of things. And Set the know, bar high. Wear your little classic black dress because, you know, if we're going to tie it back to fashion, like a good, you know, little black dress, classic beers never go out of fashion. Like you said, you know, you got your houses of Chanel and Givenchy and all those things, and you always know what comes out of those houses fashion-wise. It's the same with these monasteries. You can always taste, you know, a, a Westmala or a or Vol or something like that. You know an authentic Belgian beer when you taste it. So, Well, and I just asked the price point on this beer, which is bottled like a wine. Okay, so listeners, please understand, this is bottled the same size as a wine, and it's 10 bucks. It's corked. Corked with a gold foil. It's beautiful. I am blown away. So thank you so much. We call it cork and cage. (laughs) Cork and cage. I like it. I feel feel much more cultured now. I do. I really do. Ladies, embrace the beer. I know. Uh, All right. So now we're going into the socially acceptable and unacceptable. Brought to you by Kind Bars, delicious, healthy, and gluten-free snack bars. So we're going to talk about a little socially acceptable. Is it okay to rock your own personal style? Simply consider the company that you will be keeping. Well, with the introduction of Fashion Week this last couple of weeks and, you know, going through, we've got Seattle and Bellevue and, of course, New York when they launch all their fashion. The question always comes up, you know, what can we wear? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? Um, there used to be a time in our um, history where if you did not, weren't wearing the pieces that were out there and considered fashion, you were out of style. And in this last 10 years, there's been a lot of flexibility that's come along with that, with the recognition of different body shapes, different um, sizes, different cultures, all that has kind of come around so that it is socially acceptable for you to rock your own style, to pick up, you know, go through a Vogue magazine, find something that's similar, whether it be you're keeping up with um, the same color schemes or if it if A-frame is in, in fashion, then you wear an A-frame that fits your body style. You don't have to be intimidated like you used to. So I think fashion is something to be celebrated instead of intimidated by. So. Well, you know, as a guy, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm you know, thinking about age and, you know, I don't want to rock something that, you know, some 20-something year old uh, rocks, you know, they may look unacceptable, socially unacceptable. So what are some tips that for those guys that are out there, you know, in their mid-30s or what have you, they're, you know, want to be fashionable, but, you know, also don't want to, you know, look ridiculous either. And, and vest and a really good pair of jeans. Yes, most definitely. Not Wranglers, unless you're going to the, you know, to the... And shoes. We always used to look at guys' shoes. I think that's a good indication of... Your style. I'm just and kind of doing a personal, uh, personal inventory here. <laughs> well, it's funny because I look at the three of us, and you have your 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 catch style. Mine are my go-go boots. <laughs> and Tracy, I don't know. You know what? I have there's. I you always wear things, but always, whenever I see you, I think Tracy. Oh. It's like it's like the style doesn't own you; you own it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we get to rock socially unacceptable, which is my fun. favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a bad girl, but oh, yes. I do I do like socially unacceptable, and the reason I like it is not because I like to focus on the negative. It's because I really feel like um, with the lack of introduction in uh, that our like our grandparents were introduced to what was acceptable, what was not. Um, our parents had a small introduction into it. I don't feel like this generation we really had anybody who said. This is what's acceptable. This is what is not. So 
Yeah, because we don't have a mismanners. Yeah, so I really feel like this gives, you know, the whole purpose is to give people a reminder that these are things to consider. A lot so of the, the first one that's for being socially unacceptable since we are in Fashion Week is to brag about how much you paid for your new clothes or accessories in a public setting if you're asked to be polite. Actually, I have girlfriends who do the exact opposite, and I'll say, oh, my God, where'd you get that? Oh, my God, TJ Maxx, $20. Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 you make a really good point. This is where... Our culture needs to flip it around. Like what we've always said with the business cards, it should be asked for, not offered. Same thing. If somebody comes up to you and says, oh, my God, where did you get that? How much did you pay for it? If they ask, be polite. If you paid a lot of money for it, then maybe you can say, you know, it was really lucky. It was a birthday present. It was a gift. You could, There's an, an eloquent way of saying, and if they push, then you can go ahead and say the price. But do it in an eloquent way. Do it in a respectful way so that you're not intimidating. If you're wearing something and you're sporting somebody and goes, oh, my God, I love those heels, and you go, oh, yeah, I just paid $450 for these Jimmy Choo's. Aren't they fabulous? That's tacky. You know, and, and the only thing that you're going to get from that is, number one, you threw $450 at a pair of shoes. In, in the back of some people's mind, they're going to question, okay, do you, you know, you could have fed a homeless country on that. You know, you have all these, these this rhetoric that goes on the back, number one. And number two, you don't know who you're talking about. I mean, they may have the perception of looking well put together, but maybe they don't have the money to spend on that, and you're going to make them feel bad. And you but d- Jimmy Choo's shoes are fat. <laughs> they, they really, we <laughs> love Jimmy Choo's. So you don't have to say how much you bought them. Exactly. You can be courteous about it. Well, and for, about and for me, you know, it's it's more of a verbiage thing. Uh, you know, if someone, if I pay a lot of something for an item of clothing or shoes, and someone says, oh, those are great. We don't know how much you pay for them. I would say, hey, I, you know, it was an investment, and I know it's yeah. going to last me a while. Or, hey, it was a great value, you know. Um, yeah, and, and, catchphrases, uh, courteous. And it makes you look it, – it still puts you in that classy um, area. You know, it doesn't make you look like you're, you know, above somebody or below somebody either. So I agree. I agree. There's a, a classy way of doing anything. So the next um, socially unacceptable um, behavior is to point. So, LB, why'd you put this in there? Okay, one of the things that I was told, and our grandparents told us, um, it's it is socially unacceptable to point. When you're talking to somebody, typically what happens when people are talking about somebody or or being rude. <laughs> It is a natural thing to point and look. I've trained my boys since they were little. You know, little kids, they're, they are socially unacceptable. It's our job to raise them to be aware. And basically what's socially acceptable or socially unacceptable comes down to is being aware. So when you're pointing at somebody, you're bringing undue attention. And pointing the finger at somebody has a negative connotation. Now, here's the joke. Although sometimes I do want to point the finger <laughs> Well, that's a different that's finger. A that's finger a girl. completely different finger. <laughs> but but here's the joke uh, it, that always comes back with this, is when you're pointing a finger at somebody else, you have three fingers pointing back at you. Be aware of what you say and who you're you say so it funny. to. You've got all these little... I'm snarky like, when it comes to being that's rude. Like little, that's like uh, schoolhouse rock stuff right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> or Brady Bunch. The last one is to not be aware... It's a no. Is, is, yes. Not being aware of your body odor. Odor. Public. Who doesn't? It's true. You, I, I think that should be obvious. But I wasn't people. at an event where some very well-to-do people were there, and it wasn't just slight. It was overwhelming. And, you know, I know that our lives take us in certain places, but if you're going to go to an event where there's 30, 40, or 50 people, if you're if you just came out the club and you just came off a run or something, rethink because they did. 
I have no idea. Or were they dressed in? They were dressed. They were no. They were dressed in regular clothes. It was just overwhelming. And when you're coming to an event and people were drinking wine, they were there to visit. They were trying to eat food. It, it's one of those things you would think it would be common sense, but we wanted to remind people: be aware of your body aroma. Sorry, I have to chime in. For <laughs> the first time tonight, <laughs> I used to work with a guy, and he asked me one time, "Do I make body odor?" And he did. And so, like, how do you tactfully say yes, and it's offensive? But he told me that his grandmother. Oh gosh, she's she's Michael, laughing. <laughs> his, he told me his grandmother told him that you shouldn't wear deodorant because it clogs your pores. There are deodorants that don't do that. And wait a minute. We were in a manufacturing environment building airplanes. And I'm thinking, absolutely clog your pores if they smell like that. <laughs> like, be totally savvy, yeah. clog your pores with yeah. deodorant. Well, especially if you know you're about to engage in some sort of physical activity. For sure. Well, and like we've talked about before, you know, we all have our constitutional rights. Don't violate somebody else's. Very simple. Okay, so we are going to be punching through the Duchess Report. Um, We are going to go into what happened last week, brought to you by Pop Chips. Never fried, never baked, think popped. Um, I was in Seattle this last week for Fashion Week. I have the privilege of covering Tuesday's event with Meet the Press, and I met the designers. I know Fancy popped in with me before she jumped off into another event. Um, We popped in the Copper Cart in Seattle, and I was surprised. It uh, got a cute little layout, um, and we were fortunate enough to meet some press out of Japan, Nico Nico. I was interviewed by them, and I don't know if it's ever going to show up, but I will be very interested to see how that turns out. It's funny to be on one end of the interviewing instead of the interviewer. But um, then Thursday, I moved on and got to cover the men's fashion show by Seattle Week, which was hosted by um, two of our favorites from 92.5, Brooke and Jubal. Uh, They were the MCs for the event, and um, I got a chance to speak with them. They were troopers in their own Working Women's Wednesday the day before at the fabulous new um, Milagros Cantina in Kirkland. And if you haven't checked that place out yet, is um, a, oh my gosh, I need to go there. Yes, we're going to be Wednesday. chatting with them. Wednesday is Working Women's Wednesday. They will be there again. If the weather is cold like it was, they were troopers. They stayed out there with their listeners and they okay. gave away prizes. But this week they assured us that if it is yucky weather, they will be in the bar. So definitely show up and enjoy that. All right. Well, I want to also touch on the Balvini Roadshow. So this was a scotch tasting event. I'm not a scotch drinker. I'm a total vodka drinker. And this guy totally educated me on why it is that you could be, if you're a scotch drinker, you wouldn't be a vodka drinker. And if you're a vodka drinker, you would never be a scotch drinker. And so what I figured out is that vodka is distilled evidently one million times or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> and scotch is distilled like one or two times. So <laughs> One or two times. And it's aged like a 50 years Maybe. or something. I don't know. It's like palate um, shock. It's not good for me, so I'll stick to my vodka. And that might be socially Are you talking about the whiskey? I don't know. The whiskey tasting? Yeah, the Balvini at the yeah, Wack. Like, it's like this really, you know, upscale event. Yeah. Right? Well, and I did do the tasting. Yeah, I had did. never, I had never tried whiskey before. And yeah. I have to give... Um, them the credit, I walked up and of I said, course. I have never, ever tried whiskey before. My husband is, loves whiskey. Um, how how do I go about tasting this? And he asked me what kinds of wines I, I drank and went from there. And then he started me off at one and I just about died. 
And then he gave me another one, and then he watered it down a little bit. And so there is a trick to there's being a, introduced yeah, to yeah. whiskey. There's an art. There's there is an, an art. art. There is like, an he art. told me to chew it. I'm like, I don't oh, yes. chew my liquor, typically. Yeah. <laughs> I was just that like was odd. down it, like it's in shot form. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really impressed with how with the education that came behind no, it. No, the education was amazing. It was amazing. It was a very, a very well done Very similar to like this company I know called Sake in Seattle, where if, you, <laughs> if you've never <laughs> had, if you've had jet fuel you know before. What I mean? If you've never had sake. I know. There's this company that will tell you all about tasting sake. I know. I, we're really looking forward to having an event with such a shameless plug. Seattle. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so moving on. So I did this other event on Saturday, the Rosaline Hampton grand opening of her salon. Now, this is Beverly Hills meets Bellevue. Amazing. So this artist that's opening her salon was a stylist on... What is that? Um, that one reality ship, Tyra Banks, is the. What is that? I don't America's remember. Next Top Model? Yes, oh, yes, yes. America's Leave Next Top Model. Yes, so right. she, you go, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Woo-hoo. why she's chick chat. So, yes. So, uh, America's Next Top Model, celebrity stylist. And the great thing about Rosaline is that she addresses your image from a makeup perspective, your hairstyle, and your image. And that's what they offer. So, she's an awesome, awesome gal. Right here. She had a very supportive husband. That's what I was most impressed by. She has a great relationship with her husband. They opened a great salon a couple blocks from here, actually. Where, so I'm ex- where is it? I'm so excited. Where? Okay. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't ask you a question. You're not. Well, it's but anyway, just really sexy, it's, cool inside. Here it is. Okay. It's well, very sexy, cool. So she had a red carpet event Saturday night. Lots of people were there. Hold on. I'll give you the address. The Rosaline Hampton, in case... In case I don't give you the address in time. It's considered the new Glam Rock Salon, also featuring the full line of Davine's hair products. And so she's got makeup artists, hairstylists. This one gal that studied in Beverly Hills under one of the top uh, people that do it for extensions, hair extensions. So, yeah. You gotta go to Rose. Okay, She's well, well, what we'll do is we'll link it on the face on yes. um, socially savvy. So if you're Perfect. listening and you're here, it curious. is one eighty eight one hundred sixth Avenue Northeast Suite four hundred here in Bellevue. Fabulous, nice. Now we're going to our second wine tasting with Pandora. Our Pandora people here are just uh, pouring their little hearts out. So we're going with uh, the the second wine we're tasting. It's a red wine, and we're going to have them talk a little bit about the red wine and what we're drinking tonight. We are drinking the Pandora Red. Uh, this is my biggest kind of over-the-top red wine. And this is a blend of 50, 50% Merlot, 40% uh, Cabernet, and 10% Syrah. Nummy. I just had to go talk in the microphone. And, and she's talking, talking in her wine glass. That was very <laughs> yummy. You know, it's okay. funny. You just said Pandora people. <laughs> I think when we start our wine club, we're going to call it Pandora Pandora People. people. Yeah. It's a great name. I think Why don't so you too. call it Pandora's Box? That's yeah. uh, a little cliche. Yeah. 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 Okay, like so it. so for somebody like me, I love drinking wine, but I also have an appreciation. I did a, um, a wine contest where I was blending, and I found out apparently I have a palate that thinks ahead, like thinks what it's going to taste like in seven to ten mm-hmm. years. How long would you let a wine like this sit for to this, really enjoy? This wine, I'm thinking um, it's going to last about six years. And the reason why I say that is like, who in the end, who really knows? But um, the tannic structure of this wine is very big. Um, the acidity is really good. 
on this wine, um, so I'm guessing it's going to age very well. That is a guess, but well, for from, your first from my experience, yeah. it's this wine is going to age well, that was with my things. Cabernet probably the best out of all my wines. So I love it. Thank you. It's a, it's a very uh, yeah, it's got a good nose on it, and it's really dark. And if you're looking yeah. at the wine itself, part of tasting the wine is visual and. Boy, that's uh, that's really it's pretty inky. Yeah. When when us winemakers pull a sample of wine out of the barrel, and it looks like Jeff Black ink, you're just like, ooh, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, I I really miss the the days of vertical tasting, and yeah, you know, why, why do why don't winers do vertical tastings anymore? Um, first of all, first of all, what is a vertical tasting? Oh, vertical is usually six bottles of wine from six consecutive vintages. So oh, so you can taste the, the that's how vertical. it changed it's in the same air. wine. Okay, it's kind of hard to do because, especially when you're not in a state winery, you're usually kind of switching your sources a little bit here right. and there. But if if I were to do like a vertical from say one of my best vineyards like Clipson, uh-huh. I buy from Clipson Vineyard, and if I am going to make that wine six years in a row, that'd be awesome to do a six year vertical of my Clipson. Now, so. where do we find your? What's your URL for your? Uh, just pa- it's PandoraSellers.com. Pandora Sellers. Very easy okay. to remember. And are there any restaurants out there where you are in Carnation that, like, we wanted to go to Pandora and to? Um, I would have you go to De Duval. Yeah. Yeah. Duval's got the restaurants. Um, yeah, the Roadhouse is pretty good. Like the Roadhouse the road. up in Fall City. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. So yeah. you've got Fall City and you've got Duval, and they're both about seven to ten minutes from the winery. From yeah. the winery, yeah, yeah, most definitely. All right. And I've been to the website, and it looks like you got some really cool events coming up too. So. Yeah, we're very yeah. excited. We're going to be there to cover you. I know. I'm excited, too. <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of hey, what we're doing. Nice. And we're yeah. very excited to be a part of your beginnings. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it so much. Okay, so coming up this week is brought to you by Go Girl Energy Drinks, the perfect energy drink for those of us on the go with all the good stuff and none of the bad. Thursday, May 19th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Poco Wine Room, 1408 East Pine Street, Seattle. Join them for a superb collection of wines from Burnett Family Cellars soon to be one of our live interviews on the show. Winemaker Ron Burnell, uh, uh, I hope I'm not killing his name, makes gorgeous, small, handmade lots of wine from Ronin varieties such as Syrah, um, Grenache, and others. After a successful career at Chateau Saint-Michel and Kendall Jackson, um, Ron began his own family winery. So um, come out, check it out, and um, see what they have to offer. And coming up on Saturday, May 21st, is the fourth annual Forbidden Fashion Show. It's featuring the hottest international and national men's and women's swimwear, lingerie, and men's underwear. Um, and they obviously have a big um, James Bond theme because uh, they have their tickets are $55 for the Golden Eye and 75 for the Diamonds Are Forever. And um, they are, we are giving two tickets away for that. So if you missed earlier on the show, go back and listen to find out how you can win two tickets to this Forbidden Fashion Show. And there's two um, fashion show times, the early shows at 7.30 and then the late, which I think that'll be the fun or naughtier version is at 9.30. And it is at the Seattle Art Museum, First Ave in Seattle. And uh, the includes access to the after party at the Four Seasons Hotel. That's going to be fun. Art Lounge and complimentary James Bond Martini. I like mine shaken, not not stirred, right? I like right. it. And then there's a $135 Aston Martin Circle, which includes access to the Aston Martin Circle reception 
and the after party at the Four Seasons Hotel Art Lounge, the fashion show premium seating, forbidden swag bag. I can only imagine what's in that. I know. I'm looking forward to checking that out. And so on and so forth. And complimentary glasses Hot oil. and hors d'oeuvres. So definitely have to go do it. Just saying. Okay. So where are we? And I'm going to brag for myself. I get to actually shoot the Austin Martin party this year. So I'm very excited to be there. You'll get pictures as to what it looks like. So next year, if you cannot get a VIP ticket this year, you're definitely going to want to do it next year. So if fashion just aren't your thing to check out. Hold on. <laughs> we have it is it's funny because we are gonna actually be shifting over. Um we have uh we're doing our podcast, which we talked about at the very beginning of the show. We're gonna be featuring in and um doing exclusive with a new show that is gonna be broadcasting in the next couple of months. But um we're going to be rounding off here with the last of our events coming up. Um, if fashion shows just aren't your thing, check out the Leary Traveler in Fremont for classic beers, the classy ladies. Um, our lovely uh, Leary Travelers and Merch DeVille, who allowed us to try these fabulous beers, are putting on this event with Tabby Cat Pickling. It is going to be happening um, on May 21st. May 21st from 7 to 10. This is going to be supporting Washington women in need. So the cost is $25 per head. They're going to have raffle tickets, and they're going to be helping to raise money for this cost. So, ladies, get your tickets now and partake in a night of great beers, pickling, uh, and networking and philanthropy. That sounds great. And it's the 6th Annual Beer for Boobs. That's right. Can I say that word? Yes, you can, Michael. It sounds much better from you. Boobs. Boobs. Both. <laughs> Both. Okay, boobs and boobs. Okay. Three-day fundraiser. There will be a silent auction following the raffle, and drinks will be flowing. People get down here for this on Saturday, May 21st, uh, from 6:30 to on the 21st, and all the way through the 22nd uh, at noon. So Bleacher Sports Pub uh, will be will be there, uh, and they're doing four-dollar and total pitches of uh, wine, red and white. Four-dollar pink power. I don't know. I'm not sure what a pink power is, but uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds deadly at four uh, five dollar drinks and four dollar shots. So just make sure that all proceeds benefit Susan G. Coleman. It's a three day cure for cancer. Thank you. Okay, in the mood for some amazing wine tasting? This Saturday, May 21st and May 22nd, take a drive into the country and head to Pleasant Hill Cellars Spring Spectacular Open House. Celebrating 10 years of making wonderful wines, they are excited to offer at $30 a person to taste several wines paired with foods from Joni's Catering. Music, vinegar and oil vendors, oak barrel furniture vendors, and an introduction to four of their new reds. So if you're looking for a little bit of wine tasting, that would definitely be the event to hit. Um, Sunday, we are fortunate enough to have Lucky Strike is doing a fundraiser May 22nd from 3 to 6 p.m. The ladies of RSW International invite you to Bowling for a Cause, benefiting the Susan G. Coleman Foundation. There is a $10 donation at the door, at the door which includes unlimited bowling and shoe rental. Lucky Strike was kind enough to give us the Luck Suite, which means we have four bowling lanes to ourselves for everyone, and anyone is encouraged to come and play. Next Monday, Socially Savvy will broadcasting live from Guard Vineyards and Smazny Cellars in Woodinville. We will be tasting six wines on air, and we will have an extended show talking on how to be socially savvy, hosting a home, hosting at home, and more wine etiquette with wine tasting. 
Votrevu Skincare will be updating us on what to do with the summer coming on, and Hotcakes with Autumn Martin will be introducing us to her very yummy hotcakes. And Bling is my biz will be blinging us out for the evening. So um, we are going to say goodbye to you, and thank you for being a part of Socially Savvy. We will be doing our um, podcast after the fact, so please stick around. Click in after the live broadcast so that you can hear. We're going to be doing... Um, fashion coverage and introducing you to sexy in Seattle. So we want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors, Pandora Sellers, Votrevu, Hyatt Bellevue, Daniel Broilers Bellevue, Choice Galleries, Pop Chips, Kind Bars, Go Girl Energy Drinks, Merchant Divin Importers, Tabby Cat, The Leary Traveler, Blast Malt Beverages, Sweet Talk Wipes, Eye Candy Lash Boutique, Soiree, Forbidden Fashion Show, Saki in Seattle, and finally Chick Chat. Thanks for being a part of what we're doing tonight, and give us about two minutes and check into the podcast so you can hear all about the fashion updates, what's going on, and um, be aware of what to jump into. Hello, and welcome back to Socially Savvy. We are actually doing an after-hours podcast so that we can be introducing you to the new Sexy in Seattle that will be hitting the waves Woo-hoo! in the next couple of months. 
Um, I want to introduce you to our own Fancy Frenchwood and her partner Mimi, who are going to be doing Sexy in Sales. So if you could tell us a little bit about what that is. I mean, I mean, it seems like it would be self-explanatory, but really, what is Sexy in Sales? But maybe not. So, yeah, so Sexy in Sales. So it's all about what what is sexy and how do you define one of the things that Mimi and I talked about early on when we decided to do this broadcast was let us define the X factor in sexy. So so let's talk about that. So what do you think? So we don't want people thinking that sexy refers to sex. So what would be defining the X factor and what do you feel is the X factor? What do you think is sexy? It could be fashion. It could be food. It could be anything that you define as sexy that goes far beyond the word sex. I agree. And so what we try to do is come up with a compelling format for how can we entertain, engage, and inform our listener on what's hip in Seattle or hip in kind of the state of Washington or anywhere for that matter. Yeah, like what's hip. Yeah. So we want our users or, excuse me, our listeners to walk away feeling empowered and feeling that they've learned something from our show and that it wasn't just something they listened to and they may listen again because we know you'll want to come back. Like feeling informed. Exactly. So we want you to leave feeling informed, empowered. It's not (laughs) – all right, I'm going to do a dig right now because I've been here for a while, so I can say this. She can Don't be offended, Terry Free. I loved T-Man's show when it was hot. But, yeah, we we, unlike that, our format really is that you would leave feeling informed and empowered. Exactly. Whether you're a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. right? So that's our goal. Yeah. So basically, Sexy in Seattle is um, a way to introduce people to kind of coming into their own and, and knowing Absolutely. what your power is, who you are, exactly. and being able to rock it. That's exactly, exactly right. I it love doesn't that. mean you don't have to be having sex on Sexy in Seattle. It really is exactly what Duchess just described, is that <laughs> it's about coming into your own, understanding who you are, what do you have to contribute to the relationships that you're in, and moving forward from there. I love it. So... Um, I understand you're not going to be doing just podcasts. You're going to do be video web right webcasting. Yeah, you stream. Okay, you yep. you streaming. And I know that you guys have a couple of videos from things that you have done. Yes. <laughs> um, and where would listeners find those so they could check out who you are and kind of get an, a, a, a teaser or a taste of what you're doing? We have our Sexy in Seattle fan page on Facebook. So if they go to Sexy in Seattle, they could just look it up. They can see all of our fun videos. They have. Fancy interviewing some people. They have our first video that we ever made together where her nine-year-old daughter filmed it. Oh, my God. And we had a lot of fun. But then we just did an overview at that time, so they can go directly to our page. Or you can contact Stacia Liu, our marketing director, (laughs) who knows how to get in touch with us, and she shoots video for us. And and we have our website at sexyinseattle.com. www.sexyinseattle.com. Designed by Mimi Rose Design. I am very excited for you guys. I'm really looking forward because I, from what I understand, we're looking at piggybacking for a little while until you guys of get course. set up. That's right. Um, so for Absolutely. all you socially savvy listeners, understand that you are going to be able to um, listen on the last part of the show, the the podcast after the, the live broadcast, yeah. and be able to catch those first few shows of Sexy in Seattle and kind of find out who they are, what they're about, what's going on. Yeah. So I enjoy, invite you guys to stay on and talk with us because um, I know that Fancy, you're representing, et cetera. 
which yeah, is a fashion line of New York. Right. So we want you to tell us a little bit about that. But um, one of the things I wanted to discuss on this little um, um, podcast was how to be fashion savvy on a budget. Every year, fashion looks, new looks come out, and we sigh thinking there is no way we can afford to purchase an entire new spring line or summer line. But fortunately for us, fashion has taken a hint from economics and made it much easier for us, for us to transition our looks by purchasing just a few key pieces to push us from one season to another and still hold on to our own. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about what makes et cetera so unique? Because yeah, I really I feel to. that that is a line where that's kind of what they do. They're, yeah. It, it's to give you a couple of pieces to transition with. So et cetera is a New York-based clothing line that's sold by appointment only in trunk shows. Not appointment only if you're in my network because we do parties, right? So we're going to we do like some parties. wine <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a party. You're going to come try the clothes on. So, but but it is a New York-based uh, clothing line. So the designers are from the finest fashion houses. We're talking Christian Dior, Tahari, Ellen Tracy, and Burberry, among you know many of the trunk shows that we do around the country. So what we want people to understand is that you're you're dealing with a very high fashion line, you know, right. and that's the only reason I I said I would put my brand attached to it, right. attached to it, because I don't have to do that. But here in Seattle, I think we're a little bit behind the times, and we could use well, we some are. of the New York fashion line, right? Well, and so. I think the reason that Seattle has a tendency to be a little bit behind the times is our weather can be a bit dreary. So, mm. like me, when I showed up, I had black on black on black, right. and my lovely um, stylists here, there is three of them that have <laughs> have influence with the et cetera line, and you threw me in this adorable little purple jacket, which That's I have to say, it looks I fantastic really on you. Brighten you up immediately. And, and like, see, that's yeah, a timeless like a piece right there. The well, timeless piece. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to educate our listeners about and talk about was um, this is where you don't have to feel like you have to go out and buy an entire line. Find one or two pieces. Get to know the wardrobe that you have. Exactly. And um, so, for instance, I have a Latino background with some European heritage and Cherokee Indian mixed in there. So what that means is I do not have really long legs. I'm a little bit shorter in the body. I'm five, five and three quarters, which and I was five, six. Um, and so I've learned that in my body type, I can't wear short. I either have to wear an uber short jacket or a really long jacket. So when you're looking to accessorize, there's the word I'm looking for, um, pieces in and bring them in, know kind of what your body type is. And if you're not sure how to dress for yourself, there are amazing stylists in Bellevue and Seattle on, uh, all over the place. Male stylists, female stylists, um, you know, you can spend a, a little bit amount of money and sit down with them, show them your wardrobe. They will walk you through and say, ditch it, ditch it. And then they'll give you a couple of examples of things you can get. And with a line like et cetera, there are so many varying pieces that I would consider um, like fillers that you can incorporate in. And, you know, maybe you buy one or two pieces, but that's going to give you four or five different outfits. Exactly. And, and maybe not fillers. They're staples. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. 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 There's staples in your wardrobe that you can match other things up with. So, yeah. So let's talk to Jan about what's your move. So um, the next thing that we wanted to talk about is, you know, in fashion, everybody thinks automatically of clothing. But um, fashion is as much about the entire package as it is just about the clothing. So featuring skincare as one of the first things you think about when being fashion savvy means that you want to put your best foot forward. And it doesn't matter the makeup you put on. If the the skin is not in good condition, then whatever you put on it is going to reflect that. So tell us a little bit about Votrevu and what it's about. 
Thank you so much, LB. Votrevu is a French skincare line that was launched about two and a half years ago, and it's actually made in a laboratory just outside of Paris, France, about 30 minutes. And the laboratory happens to be about 85 years old, and the family-owned business is amazing. They have literally been the market for European spas and dermatologists' office for the best skincare products available over there. And what happened is we found that laboratory and brought that to the United States, and we wanted to bring it to um, the public in a price point that they could afford. And so it's a high-end, very exclusive skincare line that's affordable and accessible to anyone. Well, and one of the things that I noticed about it was um, it's approachable. And I come from a cosmetic background. I worked um, at Nordstrom's for several years, and were, I had the privilege of working on most of the major brands and being educated by them. One of the things that I liked about your line, at least, and the people who were represented, it were it was very approachable. And when a lot of people come in and they're looking for skincare, it's very intimidating. It's like, what do I do? You know, I'm looking at spending a hundred to two to three hundred dollars. How do I know what it is that I'm getting is going to do the right job? Right. So your people educate them on what it is that they need, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our um, skincare consultants are trained and constantly educated on what skin is about and what people need today in today's day and age. And so that education is really beneficial in helping someone and making them feel that they are comfortable in that situation because I totally agree walking up to a counter and talking to some stranger about skincare can be incredibly intimidating and there's often times where you feel like they're looking down on you and it's it's just a really it's a personal personal situation and so I really hope that Votrebu does bring that kind of comfort to people when they're looking for skincare. I love it. So if you're looking for a more of a personal aspect where, because you would come to them, how would they find you? What, how do they go about touching base with you? Well, um, I'm local, and I was the first brand ambassador located in the Washington State area. And they can easily go online and find me at um, Premium French Skincare. I have a blog. And they can also just email me directly and let me know that they're interested in possibly trying samples. And that would be at Jan. D is in David Phillips at live.com. And they can contact me anytime and I would be happy to help them. Awesome. Thank you so much Thank for being you. a part of our fashion. Thank you for having me, Lil and, and just again, reiterating that, you know, fashion is not just about the clothes, it's about the overall look. It's about your skin, it's about your your clothing, it's about the whole thing. Absolutely. It starts from the foundation, just like a house. Um, the thing I want to say to all of you ladies that are sitting here in these amazing et cetera clothing, you all look Fabulous. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> it's the clothes. <laughs> okay, we are very fortunate in moving on with the, our Fashion Week segment brought to you by Sexy in Seattle. She has brought, um, Fancy and Mimi have brought in a wine specialist of their own who's going to be introducing a wonderful white wine. We also have Michael here, our wine advocate, who will be um, telling us what it sound, would taste really good with, what to pair it with. Michael? Yeah, so, so, so is, wait, we're going to first, we're going to introduce Harris Wine Cellars. Let's go, Mimi. So this is the owner, Michael Harris. We actually met him at a Saki in Seattle event. We He's did. So personable, and we're so excited to have you here today. Thanks so for thank you. Me. Thank you, Michael. Yes, yeah, so we did. I want to make sure we, <laughs> we talk about that. We did meet Michael at a Saki in Seattle event where I was pouring Saki, Michael was pouring wine. He was a great, personable guy. Excellent. We want to make sure that... Uh, 
we highlight Harris Mine Sellers. So, Michael, let's say, what are we, what are we trying, Michael? First of all. Michael number two and number one. Number, Michael <laughs> Harris, what are we trying? We come uh, with numbers. Today we're trying a Gewurztraminer from Mill Creek Vineyards, and they are out of the Dry Creek mm. Valley of Sonoma County, California. And it's a 100% estate-grown Gewurztraminer. 100%. That's that's really nice. It's really uh, it's uh, pear notes that come through there. It's just really nice apple. It's crisp on the on the on the nose. Really nice notes. Absolutely, and they're one of maybe ten or or less that actually produce a 100% Gewurz from that far south. Wow. Hmm. Well, let's take a taste of this and see what we think. So I know Michael, you yeah. are our our wine advocate. And um, he has an innate sense of what to pair it with food. So if you were mm. going to, I mean, the first thing I think of with the Gertz is Thanksgiving. What else? I mean, we're going into the spring. You know, we're deep into our spring and we're going into our summer months. What would this taste good with? Oh, geez. Uh, lots of young, fresh cheeses with fruits, apricots. Um, boy, there's some nice peach notes that come through on this uh, as far as flavor profiles go. Um, almost a little mouth coating, a um, little like almost honey. Is, uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, a little honey or honeysuckle or even melon. People mm. describe that oh, as the melon. That's yeah, what I'm getting. It comes yeah. through right on the mid palate. There makes it a kind of a soft and round uh, wine. Uh, my favorite pair for this wine is the hammock. Yes. The hammock. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do about an hour of yard work, which my wife says is really about ten minutes. <laughs> and I pour a glass of wine, and I and I lay in the hammock and think that my day is done. Well, the nice thing about this wine is is I don't know about you guys, but as I'm as I'm tasting the wine, you know, I get all the honeysuckle, the the melon notes that come through, and it's kind of mouth coating. But it, then I get this really interesting. It's got good acid on it. And it has like this almost uh, like citrus that comes on the on the back end of that. Boy, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's a, a quality of the Gewurztraminer grape is that it tastes a lot like grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like in a in a sense that it falls off short. It's just it's just it it's, it really has uh, for a Gewurztraminer. It, it, it's it's still I'm still tasting it right now. Yeah, it's got a great ending. Mm-hmm. A great finish. Very nice. So uh, is this uh, now? Tell us a little bit about your winery. I mean, now this is uh, how many how many years of Gewurztraminer have you made? That's a great question. Uh, I'm actually a retailer, and I have a little shop up in Linwood that I run out of my house with my wife and uh, a friend of mine who's a sommelier. And the three of us just uh, do private tastings, corporate tastings, events, and cellar management. We consider ourselves personal wine buyers. Very cool, and you know, I'm I'm actually just thinking, you know, gosh, what would I pair this with? You know, some. You know, it seems like it has low uh, alcohol on there, so I'm t- I'm thinking, you know, like something like uh, pad thai. Absolutely, would be just beautiful with this. Yep, pad thai. Uh, my wife and I paired this with in Indian dish uh, two nights Ooh. ago with some uh, chicken tikka masala. Oh, there you go. And it went wonderful. Wow. Okay. I'm getting all hungry now. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing Michael I'm doing, the food, I'm doing the food dance. <laughs> Number one, I'm not sure which at this point is like doing a foot dance. I'm very excited. Okay, so let's check out second So we're launching. This is our soft launch. We're gonna give you a preview of yes. what is to come. So Mimi, let's let's tell our audience what are we get offering them. What aren't we offering? <laughs> we are offering a 
live show to all of our audience listeners, along with product sponsors that we'll be having. So this will be weekly or bi-weekly, and it'll be a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> so we're not sure yet. We'll see what the following is. And so what what we want to do is entertain, inspire, um, offer kind of hope and inspiration to... Oh, somebody's handing me a glass of red wine. I need to take it. Sorry. And this is very inspiring to fancy. I'm so inspired. Right now. So, thank you. Uh, but, thank you. So what we're doing is, what we want to do is leave you with a little bit of entertainment. So tell us about your segment. So, all right, it's Sexy and Seattle. So our first segment of the show is the X Factor. Do yes. you find that for us, Mimi? Well, the X Factor can really mean anything. So we're looking for our audience members to define that. So we'll come with our definition, and we'll surprise you with that, but we want to hear your definition. Yeah. So our definition is whatever it is, that quality that makes you unique, different. Anything. What is it? How do you stand out from the rest? That's the X factor. And we'll focus on a new X factor each, each show. Each week or each show. Yeah, because it might not be weekly at first. It's a surprise. Okay, well, <laughs> and then we'll right. move into living the fancy life. Living the fancy life. So everyone that knows me knows that my one of my core values is really relationships. So the living the fancy life um segment will be about relationships. How do I cultivate them? How do I maintain them? How do I think you could best cultivate them and maintain them? I love it. All right. Love it. And then our next segment will be the charity of the week. Yes. The month. Yeah. But we'll be focusing on charities. Because that's really important to us. That's super important. We want to be involved in our community and we want to make sure that we can galvanize the movement of people that are interested in you know, better in their community. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final segment, well, of course, before our interviews, will be According to Mimi, which is a fun segment where I'll be talking about... If you didn't... Okay, let's let's hear that one more time. According According to to Mimi, acronym ATM, ATM. since I'm a walking ATM, according to some people I know. (laughs) It was so fitting for me. But I'll be talking about things from fun celebrity news, like I read today that Kim Kardashian is pregnant. Who cares? No one cares about Kim Kardashian anymore. So I care just about her big booty, though. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'll be talking about fun news. I mean, it could be anything. It could be inspiring. It could be fun. It, it could be, It'll be fun. serious, not too serious, Tune though. Tune in and see what it's about. Yes. And then we will be doing... Our product Did I, is he giving me a wet willy? He is. I'm going to have to knock him out. <laughs> that would be socially unacceptable. That would be. Actually, that would be socially acceptable in this situation. No, if I knocked him out, that would be socially I think what you're saying is it would be socially unacceptable to receive a wet willy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we're going into our second tasting uh, tonight. Uh, Tell us what we're tasting tonight. We've got a red wine, obviously, but what do we got here? Yeah, tonight's red selection comes from Hawks Winery in the Alexander Valley of Sonoma County, California, which is actually just down the street from the Dry Creek Valley. Uh, This is a 2004 Merlot. It's about 95% Merlot and 5% Cab. It's just got a dash of the Cab there. And this Merlot has a cult following in Sonoma County. All the restaurants, all the wine shops carry it, uh, and all of the club members who who follow this wine call this wine the Cab Lover's Merlot. 
And the reason is that where the grapes grow on the slope of a of a of a high hill at about 500 to 700 feet uh, is where it starts, and it goes up to about 1,200 feet. Uh, every morning, these grapes see nothing but fog, and that imparts this earthy, smoky sort of soft texture to the wine that comes from those grapes. Yeah, I, when I first when I first got the wine, I definitely uh, smelled like uh, dirt. Uh, almost uh, musty cellar, uh, almost barnyardish at first, but now as it opens up, starting to, I'm getting a lot of other uh, uh, profiles coming through on my on my uh, my nose and and that it's beautiful. Yeah, this this wine saw about 18 months or a year and a half in 40% new French oak, mm. which also gave it the toasty, smoky, yep. kind of oaky vanilla hints that you're. You're picking up in the nose and on the palate. I am definitely getting the cherry vanilla notes almost uh, coming through, but it was really interesting as it got there. I got the the, the dirt, the musty cellar, and then it was like uh, almost like the leather chair. Like it reminded me of my grandfather's leather chair, and almost like tobacco leaf. And now now it's like the the vanilla and the and the cherries that are coming through on that. It's just really nice. Yeah, this wine does a really good job of opening up in the glass. And uh, for this in particular, Ooh. this wine in particular, I typically decant for about 30 minutes to three hours mm-hmm. before dinner time, before serving. Maybe, okay. I think I, mean, I typically don't drink red wine, but this is really good. No. It is smoky. That's yes, the first flavor I got. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, this would be uh, a good uh, time. Like, if you just open this up, you need a port right away. An aerator would be really good for it, or maybe just decant it if you have the time. Maybe an hour before, maybe half hour. I'd say probably about 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes is probably the minimum you'd want to decant. Yeah, it's it's uh, as it's opening up here, I'm getting a lot of different flavors coming through. As oxygen hits this wine, it's just beautiful. I'm getting really more of the fruit that comes through on it. Uh, it's very dark. Uh, it's just, yeah, yum, yum. Yeah, they, they released this wine in 2006, uh, just about... 18 months, obviously, after they, they picked the fruit and fermented and bottled. Uh, about 18 months later, released it almost a year after that. So it was late 2006, early 2007. I sat on the wine for almost four years in my own my own cellar at, uh, at Harris Wine Cellars because I thought that the wine was still too young for, mm-hmm. for most palates. And uh, I just opened up uh, another case. I've done about a bottle every six years six months to a year to uh-huh. figure out when was the right time. And it, I think the wine is just starting to come into its peak. Yeah, um, definitely. I think you're right. Definitely thir- at minimum 30 minutes, uh, if not an hour to an hour and a half, uh, or an aerator. I was uh, going to say the soiree aerator would be would perfect, really perfect with this. this. Yeah. But, Absolutely. And I'm sorry, I did not get it over to you to be able to do this. But it's, it's, it's got really nice, you know, uh, the tannins are really, you know, rich and deep, and uh, but it has good acid. It's got good balance, so it's not just all grippy and, and, and nothing to come to the party with. Absolutely. And so, it's a very food-friendly wine. So, again, one of my favorite questions, because of how my palate works, is how long um, would you say, if for somebody like me who likes to put wine aside and set it and go, okay, I'm going to drink this in six years or seven years or ten years, you know, what would you think would be the best oh, time geez. frame if you were going to sit on this to <laughs> really expand and, and enjoy the best it has to offer? This wine has five to ten years. Oh, easy, okay. easy. I'd awesome. say five, but minimum five. Yeah, minimum like of five to ten. Uh, even if you op- if you waited to open it another fifteen, you could you wouldn't 
you wouldn't be disappointed. Well, LB has a really good, uh, she brought up a really good point. You know, when you're, if you're thinking about racking wines and you're thinking about, you know, you're trying a red wine, you want something that's going to have good tannin, a lot of acid that's going to uh, develop over the years. And if you don't have anything that has uh, good acid on it, you're the shorter the life it's going to be on your on your shelf. So, and then you know, then there's a whole lot of other things you got to consider. You know, the spot you're putting that in. You know, oh, yeah. is it getting sunlight? Is it is it a, is it a continuous Treat it like a temperature? Keep Put it in your cellar. Dry, dark place. Not cool, not too dry. Not dry. When I mean dry, I mean don't put it in your bathroom. <laughs> uh, bathroom no. might be okay, other than that'd the be socially theme. unacceptable. Yes, that would be totally social. <laughs> yeah, and make sure make sure for any wine you keep over six months, you store on the side. Love it. Um, one of the things I do want to point out for listeners is, is that I did not realize until I went to an actual. And it was part of a tasting, um, it was a blending party. And everybody always says you have one of two tongues. The first tongue is you drink wine, how it tastes at the moment. Then there are a small percentage of people who taste wine and their brain automatically thinks about how this is going to taste in five or seven or ten years. I found out by accident that I was one of those people because I was sitting there drinking the wine. And they're like, okay, you need to think about how this is going to taste in six months. I'm like, but no, in seven years, the Molbeck is going to come through. You know, and, and I didn't even have an education. So how would somebody recognize what their palate is or how they think? Do you, do you have any ideas on that? Or is it just something that it just takes a little bit of an education? I don't think that any wine enthusiast or somebody that likes wine needs any sort of education. Uh, not that there is no value to education, because there is. But anybody who who likes to drink, all they need is to drink more. It just takes practice. It takes trying it. It takes... Uh, the education of practical Yeah, practical application. Uh, you don't have to go and read books on wine to know what you like and what you don't. Uh, the Wine Bible, I love. Uh, is a is a great book about 600 pages long, but um, they dispel the myth that there's no such thing as bad wine because there is. But there is no such thing as bad wine if you like it. And if if you like it, that's great. Keep drinking exactly what you like to drink, but try stuff that you don't. Try to identify the flavors, identify the sensations, uh, anything that calls up memory, like you said, oh, yeah. reminds you of your, totally. mother, your grandfather's yeah, leather chair. Uh, the the sense of smell recalls so much, and there's so much in the power of wine that is the, in the nose and the palate. The more that you enjoy and experience when you take in wine, the better it is for that you're going to like it anyway. Absolutely, and you know, and a lot of times you just got to get to the basics. You know, uh, you know, you really do need to go out there and try and try and try and try and then figure out. And, it, and, and if you don't like something, try it again later on because you're. you're how it changes all the time. Oh, and I can attest to that because mm-hmm. I was not a wine drinker for reds for years, like probably seven, ten years. And finally, my husband had me try a um, cab when we were having a steak dinner, and I fell in love with cab. Oh, this would be a good for a steak right here. This yeah, is good tannins, good acid wonderful. right there. I agree. Some, like a good, like good uh, ribeye with lots of fat. Oh, oh yummy. <laughs> and, and you know what? I was the same way. In fact, when I started uh, drinking wine, it was for nothing other than the fact that it was the the most uh, economic way to get to where I wanted to get uh, physiologically. I love it. So, I love it. Uh, I don't like wine particularly, but I hated the price of part of the hall, and I, and I, beer was too slow. Well, and another thing is that, you know, a lot of times they know what it tastes like, they can put it to a word or to uh, uh, 
a flavor. Now, what I suggest to everybody is um, go into your spice rack, pull out all your spices. I mean, it's going to look kind of funny. Pull all your spices out and smell. What does cinnamon (laughs) smell like? What does cardamom smell like? What does you know, that is pepper a really smell like? Great White point pepper, because black when pepper. When you're getting started, you do. You hear these these wine notes, and they say it smells like pepper and peach and and tobacco. And you're like, okay, I know what tobacco is. I know what peach is, but pepper, white pepper, red pepper. That is a really good point. I like that. Well, and you can go out to just about any. Well, a lot of wineries are not carrying these now. It's called a, a flavor wheel or a profile wheel, and it'll tell you that, that like, is it, is it smell like fruit or tastes like fruit? Is it a is it a berry? Is it a is it a tree fruit? Is it a stone fruit? And then from there, it'll even break it down further. Sometimes you know you smell a wine and it smells like petrol. Wow. You know, it smells like yeah. it smells like you're you know when you open up a, a brand new like shower curtain. You know that wow. smell. You know that vinyl smell. Yeah, the Southern Rhone wine. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and it's nothing wrong with it. It just that's what it smells like. Well, and and the one thing that I've learned with my wine tasting is is how the, it smells, the aroma can be so just, it's not even a teaser sometimes for the taste. The taste can be so dynamically different. So be adventurous. And don't Step be afraid to you know to yeah, say hey fine. you know I smell I bell pepper in my in my wine or I smell I smell jalapeno in my wine because that's you can get even even asparagus and vegetal notes that come through on a wine absolutely and the vegetables will come through more on a white that is the uh, the peppers will come through on a franc uh, or your pinot your kind of lighter red wines um, but the the nose and human sense of smell we can pick up about ten thousand different different scents. With our with our tongues, we only pick up four. Right. So there's so much more to the flavor of wine than than the taste. There's so much more than even just the smell, but together the experience of pairing it, of the the cutting through the acid or cutting through the fats and the oils in the food uh, brings so much more enjoyment to your food, brings so much more enrichment to, to your life. And it, and it starts with, you know, and it really starts when you pour the wine. You know, people just go right to the mouth, you know. They don't take the time to take a look at the wine, you know, see how translucent it might be or, you know, what the color of the wine, you know. that, that set, And then the smell. Well, and then and what do you smell? That really sets up the palate to what it's going to have, you know, what you're going to have to Absolutely. And I think that reflects directly on the host. If you're hosting an event, and, and one of the things we're going to be talking about in the future shows is how to socially, how to be socially savvy in hosting an event at your house. Um, if you're a host and you're having people over for dinner, they're going to look at you for how to interpret the wine, for how to engage in the wines, um, beers, ciders. So as a host, if you're going to have um, people over, do your due diligence, do your homework so that they can feel comfortable in following you. And then they not only do, is it a better event, but they learn a new appreciation for that alcoholic beverage. So make it a full event and make it pleasurable by taking them through because if education is done properly, everybody benefits from it, and it becomes a memorable occasion. Well, and, you, and if you set it up the right way to begin with through invitations or what have yeah. you, uh, you're really letting your audience know that, hey, this is going to be a guided tour of Purian uh, your buddy's potluck down the street, you yeah, know, where you I just kind of bring whatever, <laughs> and it's chaos at its finest, you know, where everyone's just drinking whatever with whatever food. You really have to, you know, set it up, and it and it starts with you, absolutely. That's what, I think we're gonna we're gonna get in that more depth uh, next we week, are. I think, yes, and uh, and I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know really go go after that, that piece because I really get it. 
Well, we want to thank Harris Wine Cellars today and um, nice. owner Michael Harris for indulging us in these fabulous wines. Thank yes, you very thank much you. for having me. For being a part of introducing Sexy in Seattle, which yes. we are so excited Yay. to see Yay. you guys are going to be bringing. And I know that the, for the next few shows off and on that you guys can be a part of our show. And yeah. we really look forward to having you guys as a part of it, as our our back um, the back end podcast, and then we really look forward to when you launch your full blown show. We're really so. excited, and Michael, I would like to let you know we will be adding you onto our website as one of our product sponsors. So thank you again. Great, we appreciate thank you. It. Yeah, very enjoyed. I it. really you. enjoyed being here. Thank you for coming by. Thank you, and again, thank you to all our socially fabulous listeners. This has been our um, extra podcast featuring Sexy in Seattle. Thank you for being a part of it. I'm hoping that you felt like you got something from this. And in the future, go to our website. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. More importantly, what you would like to hear more of. And we are happy to give it to you. So have a fabulous week. Check out our events for next week. And um, don't feel bad about stepping out, being socially savvy, and having a good time. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.